Hello and welcome to this week's episode of That Brooklyn Film Show. In this week's episode, we will be discussing all things Batman. So Jabari, do you want to get a bit, give a bit of backstory on Batman? Yeah, I could do that. So Batman, aka the Dark Knight, aka the son of Martha and what's the father's name again? Thomas. Thomas Wayne is an orphan kid who decides to pick up the mantle as a vigilante slash hero after his parents are killed and he feels kind of a calling to help other people in a nutshell so yeah um that's kind of like the through line that all batman movies shows stories video games all have and they might change the details a little bit like i think in this one they changed the details a little bit to fit like one arc of the comics while another one might go a different direction but that's kind of like the through line that you see within batman stories yeah and i guess everyone knows well we're assuming most people know that batman is derived from DC Comics. So yep. it started off as a comic book, which is why you have the same backstory every movie, essentially, with things changed here and there. But essentially, you have to have his parents die. You have to have him become an orphan and you have to have him use that orphanness to then become Batman. Batman. Um, you can kind of change around how he becomes Batman, who trained him. I think in one of the movies we discuss, it's like one thing and another, it's another. Um, you do have different Batmans. In one of the movies, you have a completely different Batman, but the original Batman, who is Bruce Wayne, is still yeah, involved in... Bruce Wayne is always the original Batman, and then you might have different ones. Like, in some of them, Robin becomes Batman, so Tim Drake might be a Batman. Or, um, what's his name? Damon Wayne, who's Batman's son, might become Batman. But the through line for all the Bruce Wayne stories are fairly similar. Yeah, it's like similar to like how with Spider-Man, you always have to have Uncle Ben. You yeah. don't necessarily have to show Uncle Ben, which is what they did with like the MCU versions of like the Spider-Man movies, but you have to know that you know Uncle Ben existed, and that's kind of how was catalyst for him becoming up the yeah. taking up the mantle and becoming the kid uh, or the hero that he becomes. Yeah, because it kind of is the I guess the guiding well Peter lesson. Parker's Spider-Man because yeah. you have Miles Morales as well. It's like with him is the with great responsibility <laughs> with, with great, great power comes yeah, great, great responsibility. Yeah. I don't think Batman really has a mantra like that, but... Wait, it stopped recording. What? Is I'm it just, doing that thing? It didn't stop recording. It did, for a second. It was because of my earpods. I'm just going to turn them off. Turn your Bluetooth off. I need... The, don't I need the Bluetooth for the thing? For what? Oh, never mind. It's plugged directly into my computer. Okay, never mind. Keep going. Where was I? You talking about Damon Wayne or... Oh, with great responsibility. Oh, yeah, with great. With great power comes so, great yeah. responsibility. So Spider-Man has that um mantra with great power come great responsibility. And I don't think Bruce Wayne really has a mantra. I guess don't do crime. <laughs> or, or, you go. <laughs> or, or you're going to suffer the consequences. <laughs> truly suffer. I think if I was in Gotham, I truly would be like, I think the medical bill is higher than whatever I'm robbing. So I'm just not going to yeah. commit this crime that I was trying to commit. Um. Okay, so then what makes a good Batman story to you? And then why are those like good Batman stories? Um, my favorite Batman stories are always the more detective-based ones. Like, one thing that's more endearing about Batman than other heroes is that he doesn't have powers. So I think his greatest power is like power of the mind, being able to, um, you know, operate in a darker realm that you don't really see with Superman. So my favorite Batman book ever is called, um, the I think it's called The Greatest Evil. Or the ultimate evil, which is about Batman going to Thailand and stopping sex traffickers. 
That's like, a very interesting yeah, plot line. But it's a really good book because, you know, you can't beat up the sex trafficking industry. You have to operate on a more um, nuanced basis and, you know, figure out who the crime lords are and the syndicates and all that other stuff. While in, like, Superman, it's more so like, I'm just going to beat the big bad up who has a face. With Batman, I think you have more opportunity to kind of, like, not really have a specific face of crime, but, you know, show what the system is in its corrupt, most corrupt states. And I think that um the most recent Batman that we just watched, The Batman 2022, was kind of going down that line where it's like crime isn't really a specific person. It's more so a, a symptom of other things that are at hand. And I think those are the best Batman stories to me is when you could take it a little bit more realistically. Yeah. Don't shake the table. Oh, I don't shake, shake it. Um, yeah, I'm like not in as into the Batman comics or the like outside of the movie stories as you are. But I will say, I think like, yeah, like the detective aspect of Batman is what makes it more interesting. I think that I haven't seen so much of like the Snyder movies, but I think adding like that supernatural fantastical element to Batman to me kind of doesn't work. I kind of like it when it's like a more grounded story. You don't really have any supernatural elements. It's just kind of a mind against the mind, especially with like, what is it called? It's like a a coterie of villains. Like Batman has a great like lineup of villains to go against. And I think that when you choose a villain, that's kind of more, I mean, all of them kind of belong in Arkham, but you know, like more grounded, although they belong in Arkham, it makes the story it's like when More it's Raja Ghoul, it's like, okay, that's a little bit ridiculous that you yeah. have this old ancient man who has powers of the wizards, and it's like, you can't really relate to that, but when it's someone like the Joker, I guess, or Bane, or even Bane's pushing it a little bit. Yeah, or like the Riddler. Or the Riddler, yeah. In the new one, at least. I haven't seen the Jim Carrey Riddler version, but yeah. in this one, the Riddler was more like what you would find today. Yeah, You know, and I think that's something we'll discuss when we go into the movies is just how things kind of evolve over time and then just start to incorporate more modern things. Because one of the Batmans we watched was from 92, which was very different than the Batmans you get from um, post. I would say the post. Um, What's his name? The director. Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan era. Yeah. And but that I, I thought that, but then I also think that you, again, get the Snyder stuff yeah. or the DCEU stuff, which is, although it's not like campy, it's still kind of more, again, fantastical yeah. than either the Nolan movies or the Batman that just yeah. came out. I think the real big switch in Batman came, I forget the exact year, but it was in the comic book, the, um, the Dark Knight released. Mm-hmm. which was like a darker take on Batman. Yeah. And that was kind of like the shift you saw in like more campy Batman with like the pals and the bams to the Batman that we kind of know now, which is um a little bit more of a, like a grounded, darker kind of Batman. Yeah. I heard that um, there is a movie. I haven't seen it called like Mask of the Phantasm, which is like a little bit darker as well, yeah. which I think that's an animated film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you had like Batman, the animated series um as well which i don't really remember that one i kind of remember you remember batman anime series that's where they introduced um harley quinn i think okay i remember batman you had mark hamill as beyond i know i remember mark hamill as a joker i just don't remember the the show and everything um that much but um what's your favorite 
Oh, we kind of went through the favorite Batman story. I will say, I think, again, because Batman has such good villains. You didn't mention your favorite, right? I don't really have like a specific favorite, but I will mention um, kind of a derivative of Batman that I really like is a Harley Quinn show on HBO Max. Um, And I feel like, again, he lent himself or the stories lent itself to having a villain that's interesting enough to have their own spinoff show about them and you see batman i think in the show like once or twice because he's still joker's main nemesis and harley quinn's clearly like tied to the joker but the whole show is about her like breaking off because harley quinn a lot of people don't know she wasn't a comic book character Mm -hmm. she was created for the animated series to kind of give joker a um a compatriot so okay it's kind of interesting how she grew to be this major character now with a lot of marketing push and stuff like that, but I think the animated, the Harley Quinn show does a good job at like separating her from the Joker, mm-hmm. which wasn't always the easiest thing to do, but I think they did a really good job with that. Yeah. Um, okay, so then now with that, then what's your favorite Batman film? My favorite Batman film? I'm still debating between The Dark Knight and The Batman. Mm-hmm. I think I need to see The Batman again, but after recently watching The Dark Knight, I'm like, this movie is almost like a, a multi layered book almost and like there was so much going on that was so well executed in the end like that part where it's like joker had you pick between him and her and then batman had to try to figure out and gordon was it could have been a mess of a film mm-hmm. but it was so well directed that i'm like i think this still might be my favorite but i need to see um the batman again because i've seen the dark knight quite a few times and i recently like i said recently revisited so i think after watching it again i still think it's up there though i do think that um Christian Bale's Batman doesn't hold up as well. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit kind of like cringy at this point, mm-hmm. especially with that voice he'd be doing. Yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, I think, but then Heath Ledger was so good as the Joker. Like he's iconically good at this point, almost to the point where it's like people, <laughs> annoyingly people online kind of picked up on that Joker as like, that's going to be my edgelord savior at this point because everyone be trying to like use his image for so much stupid stuff. But he was such a really good character in a movie that it's like, it's hard not to pick that one. Mm-hmm. But I need to see the Batman again because I think on long term it might hold up just as well. Yeah, I um, I think that I'm still like more into the Dark Knight than the Batman. I did see it for a second time, just for the purpose of being able to kind of talk about it um, in more depth than I did just seeing it once. But I do agree. I think that the whole movie at the time I was watching The Dark Knight, I was like, Christian, Christian Bill, I want to give him a lozenge whenever he's speaking in that Batman yeah. voice. I'm like, sir, your throat just sounds so sore. It's just, it's hard to listen to. I think he his take on um, Bruce Wayne was good. Very different than Robert yeah. Pattinson's take. <laughs> Sad um, Bruce Wayne. I can't see, like, and this. I mean, maybe we're not supposed to see this, but I can't see necessarily... Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne getting to a Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne in personality. Like, maybe he'll open up a little bit more, but I can't see, like, that complete transformation. So it was definitely a different take on the character. Um, But I can say, like, um, I think that everything around Bruce Wayne and the Batman in The Dark Knight worked really well. I think it worked really well in The Batman, too. Mm -hmm. But I think that Dark Knight just... You know, you have that iconic Heath Ledger performance. Mm-hmm. You have um, Harvey Dent, who's really good, and the Harvey Dent and Rachel thing, and how he became Two-Face. I think all of that 
works really well. I mean, I yeah. think that the Batman works really well too, but I do, I will say that watching it the second time around, I was definitely feeling that length a bit more, which I feel like kind of detracts from the rewatchability factor. And it was kind of a film where both the villain and the hero won in the sense that the Joker achieved his goals of kind of like derailing Harvey Dent as a character. But then yeah. Batman showed that people won't give up on hope so easily. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a good, um, you know, both of them were like dual enemies who kind of are like the same side. Going back to the coins, because, you know, Two-Face is a coin guy. Like, what is it? Two-Face is the same coin, something like that. So, yeah, yeah I really enjoyed um The Dark Knight. All right. So now that we've mentioned a few of our favorite, I guess, or what our favorite movie is, we can actually discuss some of the movies that we watched. Um, I actually watched like one or two more just because I was kind of like just getting into, into the it. Batman yeah. stuff. Like um, I watched part of Batman by Gaslight. I kind of didn't finish it, but these are all on HBO Max. Right? There's so many on HBO Max yeah. Yeah, that are available. And then also um, part one of The Long Halloween, which I actually do want to watch part two for. Um yeah, so there's definitely, like, a ton of Batman content. Yeah, but I wanted to watch Hush. Like, that was one I was trying to think about watching. So I'll probably watch that when I get back home. Yeah. But there's so many Batman movies on um, HBO, HBO Max. Max that mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I just want to watch some of these. Then I actually wanted to rewatch, try to binge Batman Beyond. I started watching it. so nice. I love the, you said, oh, yeah, it's really 90s. But I love the, like, anime. We're going to talk about it more, the animation, color work, all that stuff. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so let's get into our first Batman film, which is Batman's Return. Um, And the synopsis is the monstrous penguin, played by Danny DeVito, who lives in the sewers beneath Gotham, joins up with wicked, shock-headed businessman Max Strutt, played by Christopher Walken, to topple the Batman, played by Michael Keaton, once and for all. But when Shrek's timid assistant, Selina Kyle, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, finds out, Shrek tries tries to kill her. She is transformed into the sexy Catwoman. She teams up with the Penguin and Shrek to destroy Batman, but sparks fly unexpectedly when she confronts the Cape Crusader. So, uh, oh, also this was directed by Tim Burton, which I feel like is a, a very important fact when yeah. discussing this movie because it's very Tim Burton. Um, so what do you think of this movie? Um, I thought it was bad, but then I saw that it has like an 85 or something like that on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those movies that you just had to appreciate it at the time. I 100% agree. Yeah. I like I was listening to like a different podcast and they were ranking Batman. And I think this one was like number two or three. Um, and so... I'm just like, I feel like there has to be nostalgia lens on yeah. this. Like, I feel like, like I was watching it and you know what it is? And I think it's because we got introduced to like live action Batman through like the Nolan movies, you know, yeah. like they're darker, they're more serious. This movie is like completely like campy. campy. Yeah. Batman's barely in it, but I think that's maybe our fault for choosing Batman Returns over like the first one of this with Michael Keaton because a lot yeah. of people say Michael Keaton is also the best Batman. And I'm just like I feel like I barely saw Bruce Wayne or the Batman in this. It felt like it was a lot of the Penguin and a lot of Shrek Max, and a lot of whatever is, uh, yeah. Selena Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's um very campy film. And I was actually talking to a friend, and they're like, oh, yeah, I love that movie. I'm like, how? Like, there's no way that... I mean, all right, I, mean, I, I don't be one of those people who'd be like, oh, how dare you like this film? Because people do that about a lot of other things. But for me, personally, I just have zero nostalgia connection to it. Mm-hmm. So watching it now, I'm like, this is such a 
I would say, bad Batman film. It almost mm-hmm. like a play in a way. Like I could see this being a play. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And then you also you get the um, what is it? Um, the fact that like the city of Gotham itself. Yeah. It's not a city. It's a set. It feels like a set, which is how you can see it being a play. Like there's a tree lighting in Gotham, which is supposed to be like, you know, New York essentially. Yeah. And there's like 15 people there. Yeah. And then there's a scene where the penguin is running for mayor and they find out that he's like a fraud. One, Bruce Wayne is sitting here like a DJ remixing what he's his little sound bite. And then not only that, these people in the audience happen to have, tomatoes and like lettuce oh, and yeah. eggs are him them. like this is this is just a different batman it's not taking itself so, too seriously which i guess is what it was then because you had like the batman in the 60s and stuff which didn't take itself too it was seriously more so pow, boom bam yeah. yeah it's more so like how the comic books were and i think you go in i think what frank miller wrote year one which i think is like darker so i think you just mm-hmm. kind of again we'll get a little bit more into that but you kind of just get darker as you go go on so this batman wasn't supposed to be i mean kind of the concept of it was a little bit dark like the penguin had like a legit villain origin story like my parents dumped me in In a sewer and left me there um also though every time i was told danny devito i was very bothered by his shape by by just like (laughs) everything going on don't body shame danny devito (laughs) it's not danny devito's body that was he literally looked like an egg oh you mean the egg the egg shape the egg shape no not not danny devito himself yeah no yeah they made him very round yeah um the fact that his mouth was constantly just like leaking yeah black like what it was just odd and then but i thought he was actually the best part of the film was danny devito he was just so like creepy with like how he approached women and and it's not like i'm like saying you know that made it bad or anything like that it was just like a choice for the character yeah yeah no um i think that the penguin is such an over-the-top character that you have more room to play with yeah but since we have a more of an established idea of what batman is based on the batman that we watch now Mm -hmm. it's like you're undoing a character that we know so it's like this goofy silly kind of batman yeah let's try to be he was more serious than the other characters for sure but then he's doing something like throwing a battering and the battering is going like this hitting people. You know what uh-huh. I'm talking about? So it just felt a little bit weird. Like even in the newer movie, the penguin is still a little bit goofy and silly. Yeah. Like a goofy, silly mob boss. But again, you can even tell just based off of how they like everything, how everything was styled. You can tell the difference between say what that was do, trying to do and what the penguin in 2022 is supposed yeah. to be, you know, even Selena Kyle and how she became Catwoman in this, like, I, again, also a valid villain origin story. Yeah. Push me out of a window. I also might become a woman who, like, I don't know, destroys my apartment and finds the one black coat in my, or yeah. leather coat in my closet and sews it up to become Catwoman. Like, her character was one of the more interesting ones, too. I feel like the villains themselves were, like, okay. Yeah. Except for Shrek. Shrek was a little bit, but um, it's, like, bad businessman. But, like, everything else around it was just so... It was just campy, which yeah. isn't necessarily like this makes it a bad movie. It's just like this is a campy movie. And I feel like everyone who views it, though, from when they were a child, they don't see it. Or when they were younger, if they grew up watching this, they don't see it as, as campy as maybe we do who like we just watch it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And we already have like an established. That's how superhero films were back then. Before like the whole, I would say the first one that really like took superhero films off was Spider-Man 1. Yeah. And that's when it kind of became a little bit more like. Oh, you could do these seriously. 
so but Spider-Man, still, I mean, Spider-Man one wasn't. I guess it was more serious. Than, yeah, it was. Still, it was. It wasn't campy though. Yeah, like it wasn't like the idea of superheroes that they had from back in the '60s. It was kind of more like a modern take. Yeah, on super because even this movie and it took place in probably the what the '50s or '60s something like that. I think it was based on like be, the cars and stuff they had. I truly think it was supposed to be like modern. They had like those old school Chicago looking cars. I don't know what you call those, but I felt like it was taking place back in the day. And I feel like Spider-Man was one of the first movies where they're like, we're just going to do a contemporary film. All right. So the next movie, actually, any final thoughts on Batman Returns before we go into the next movie? Um, I think after this, I want to see how other people think about it because mm-hmm. I didn't really look into it after I was finished. I was just kind of like, I'm up with this. Let me start the next movie. Yeah. I I think I like read some reviews on it or maybe not read reviews but like I saw like the everything wrong with kind of thing which again they mentioned like it's a little cheesy and mm-hmm. Tim Burton's a little bit um but I think that's what people appreciate about it so I want to see what other people think about the film because yeah. I think the cheesiness and incapiness is kind of why some people have the nostalgic connection to it yeah I definitely just don't sorry I definitely also want to see the first Keaton one because mm-hmm. I want to see one I want to see Jack Nicholson's Joker and then two I want to see like Maybe you get more of him as Bruce Wayne in that one because it's his introduction. And then the second one, you don't need so much of him because Wayne, he's already established. Yeah. Um, I think it was funny. I like before I go into the next movie, I read something talking about, I think, Paul Dano or something. The guy who played the Riddler in the new one mentioned how he had to like, go to this dark place to, you know, become the Riddler and blah, blah, blah. And Jack Nicholson was like, just make sure I got um, a free time to go to the Lakers games. When yeah. I'm, you know, and I wonder if that's because you're playing it more camp, so you're not as stressed when you're getting into that mindset of, you know, the Joker or the Riddler. Because I'm yeah. sure Jim Carrey wasn't like, I got to go to this deep dark space to play like what, the um, Riddler. What's his name was saying when he played the Joker too? Uh, um, Morbius, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I feel like he's also kind of like. But everyone's like now that um that method actor who always like I gotta go to the dark place to yeah and it's like I understand like the Riddler in this movie he was dark but did you really have to like go into a dark place to play him yeah like, I he mean, was just kind of a computer incel like it wasn't really the darkest character I've ever seen so yeah I, I think um <laughs> method act I mean I'm not an actor so you know I'm not gonna put down any actor because I don't know what it takes to get to that point. But it often feels like method acting is kind of an excuse to kind of be yeah. like an asshole to people yeah. when you're acting, where it's like, they say that um, Jeremy Strong on Secession, uh, Kendall Roy, mm-hmm. is like a method actor and people don't like to be around him on set. And I'm like, yeah, I can imagine if he's acting like Kendall 24-7 that you're not going to want to be around be him. Around him. I mean, he's yeah. really good as Kendall, but you really need to... A... I mean, you're getting the performance that you wanted, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's go into something where they don't have to method act, they have to voice act, because we're going into an animated movie. You probably got a method act to voice act. I guess you gotta so. get into the characters like Goku and you're acting like him 24-7. Uh, Mark Hamill has to like practice his Joker laugh on yeah. the way to the, to the office. Well, he has like the iconic Joker laugh, so yeah. I understand why. That's kind of... Okay, I'm, it's like a little bit of a tangent, but like the fact that he gets to play like two iconic, in a way, characters mm-hmm. is really interesting. And like the fact that his voice has become so synonymous with that character although yeah. most people know him as luke skywalker but yeah. anyways let me go into the actual movie that we're talking about um is the joker more iconic than luke skywalker though i think See, a, no yeah 
That's no. a tough one, though. Batman is. I think the Joker is an iconic character in the fact that he lends himself, I guess, to like character psyche studies. Again, the whole... I feel like I feel like that Joker movie that came out in whatever year wasn't yeah. necessary. But I feel like the Joker is more recognizable than Luke Skywalker. Like, really? I feel like if you walked up to most people and say, you know this character, you know this character, they're going to know the Joker. They might not know Luke Skywalker. You don't think people are going to know Luke Skywalker? I think Star Wars is popular. Okay, maybe they'll know Darth Vader. They know Darth Luke. Vader, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Luke Skywalker, that's very... But Luke Skywalker is like the character but a lot of people know star wars from like the newer movies and stuff like that so they might I, not maybe because we grew up I, with yeah. star wars and our I have parents, a lot of friends like, who didn't see the original four, trilogy five, six, yeah. okay but everyone knows the joker like just yeah. off looks because he had that iconic makeup and stuff like that yeah also um remind me to say something about darth vader when we get to the batman yeah um okay for real this time we're gonna get into the movie which is batman beyond return of the joker and the synopsis is, in the Gotham City of the future, an older Bruce Wayne, voiced by Kevin Conroy, trains a college student, Terry McGinnis, played by, or voiced by Will Frettel, to replace him as Batman. Meanwhile, the Joker, voiced by Mark Hamill, has reemerged as the leader of the Jokers, a gang inspired by their evil hero, who was previously thought to be dead. Terry tries to stop the theft of communication gear by the Jokers, but the Joker, this is kind of confusing, narrowly escapes. <laughs> the truth about the Joker's life and death uh, slowly reemerges through violent confrontations. What do you think of this? The Joker's. The Joker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I thought it was really good. I, I like, one thing I like about animated films is that they don't overstay their welcome. Yeah, it was nice and nice and yeah, short. Yeah, it was nice and snappy. Like, yeah. It was, what, like an hour 20 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I was like, when, when I tell you, because I knew we had to watch all these movies, and I like looked at how long batman returns is i yeah. knew how long batman the dark knight is mm-hmm. and i had just seen the batman Which so i was like kind of hours, like yeah okay what am i in for and i hit play and i saw an hour and 16 i was like yeah. oh yes i'm ready to watch this because it was just batman returns is like a like a two right yeah, like two hours it was like two hours that's what yeah. i'm saying like every movie is so long that was like four hours back then because movies are shorter it felt like yeah yeah but, movies nowadays are too long but yeah. that can that's another rant for another day um what do you think of like the overall story and everything um, of this movie? It was good. Like it's it's a I don't want to, I was about to degrade animated film animated films. I don't think it's fair, but say it's an animated film, so you know. But you mm-hmm. get a lot of good content with animated films, so that's not fair. Um, it was uh, it's based off of a kind of child show, and you kind of got that feeling where it was kind of like punch a villain in the face. There wasn't really much too much um, I don't think too many lessons outside of like. I don't know. It wasn't like a, in, a deep movie, but mm-hmm. I kind of appreciated that about it because it was kind of just like a fun, campy kind of yeah. animated show. I guess it's kind of all... It, it had like a little bit of... With the plot with... um, Was it Tim Drake Robin in this one? It was Tim Drake, yeah. Okay, like it with his story. It was similar to Red Hood. But um, it wasn't quite the same as Red Hood. Yeah, what happened to him and how... Spoiler alert if you've never seen this, um, but how he was really the Joker and he just didn't know because the Joker did some weird mm-hmm. DNA splicing or whatever on him. That's kind of dark. You know, like you're living your life. You think you're okay. You've went through this. Because like, what he went through was traumatic. Like he yeah. was. That part was literally creepy. Yeah. When he turned him into the little Joker. I was yeah. Like, this is actually dark. Yeah. It's like really dark. So having him thinking that he's like, okay, this whole time and. Really, he's kind of like the Joker, but like, you know, under what you would call it, what hypnosis or whatever. I just don't know how he never noticed that little black thing on his neck his whole life. Yeah, I mean, again, I guess after you, you know, have 
went through some mind control. Maybe he thought that was from yeah. that experience there and not him actually turning into the Joker. Um, I don't think I remembered that. And again, I have not seen this show mm-hmm. probably since I was a kid. And it was probably just because it came on after Pokemon or something on the WB. So do not judge me for this. I did not realize that this was not Bruce Wayne. Oh, oh yeah. How would it be Bruce Wayne? I didn't future. think about it being in the future. Or maybe I thought Bruce Wayne went to the future. Like I said, I watched a movie called Batman by um, Gotham by Gaslight. And it was Bruce Wayne in the past. So they could yeah. easily bring him to the future. Yeah, this was terrible. But then I was like, oh, wait, no, this is a different kid than Bruce Wayne. So I kind of like how they incorporated all of the other characters from Bruce's life into the um, show, mm-hmm. you know? And the way they did it with like Barbara Gordon instead of being Commissioner Gordon, com- or she, instead of being, I think she was Batgirl or Batwoman. She was Batwoman, Batgirl when she was younger. Yeah, she's now Commissioner Gordon, just like her father yeah. was Commissioner Gordon. Um, again, Tim Drake is just like a retired man now. He gets roped into this uh, whole thing. You see Joker's ruthlessness all over again because mm-hmm. the Joker was kind of always ruthless. You saw it with the gang of the Jokers. One guy was kind of like, mm, this is not what I signed up for. I was trying to just rob cars and stuff. And now yeah. you're talking about doing this. And he straight up murders him. <laughs> Shot him in the chest with a uh, toy gun. Yeah. Um, so I think this movie was pretty good. Like, it again, the length, chef's kiss. Loved mm-hmm. it. Um, the story was pretty good. Again, it was kind of like, it makes you think of the Batman Beyond TV show. But also the way they bought the Joker back, Joker back was inventive because you're kind of like, this either has to be an imposter. Because again, my first thought was the guy, the CEO who was trying to oppose Bruce like Wayne. Too, right? He looked like him. I'm like, okay, yeah. so it definitely has to be him. And then you find out, oh, wait, it's not. And here's the plot twist of what really happened, you know? The only thing that was weird is that how did, how did Tim Drake be like slim up, his chin changed? I think I think he literally was turning like physically into the Joker. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out how was that happening. Yeah, like, that was kind of weird. But again, this <laughs> this movie. So I looked it up. It takes place in the 2040s. Oh like, yeah, technology nah. evolves so fast. It's not that um, fast though. Yeah, because they were didn't they have like flying cars? Am I making that up? It was in the 2040s. Yeah. Okay. I looked it up. I was like, how do they have flying like? But you know, I, I think know. in like the this was like I think I don't know when this came out. Let's see. Um, I know that. Oh. Oh yeah, that was kind of a big leap. Yeah. I was kind of—I was thinking of like Blade Runner and all of those, how those supposed to take place in like 2020s, 2020s yeah. and how people just envision the future way different than it is. But I feel like that's always how it is. It's kind of like the future, like where we are now. Again, I wasn't like alive then, but I'm assuming just based off of common knowledge, where we are now is very different mm-hmm. than where we were in like the 1980s, technology-wise. But it's kind of more. Subtler changes. It's yeah, not they like thought the engineering changes would be bigger, but it's more so like the communication changes. Commu- have yeah, evolved a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you have a lot of yeah, more communication, more technology, but it, they didn't overhaul you know the city to make us have flying cars. Yeah, exactly. Or overhaul Plus the it's world. Very practical flying cars in general. Yeah, and maybe. even even um, going back to Batman Returns, just like the city in that movie was just very much cyberpunk, very much Blade Runner-esque yeah. in terms of the look. It didn't look like any real city that you saw, um, which is just like an interesting reimagining. And I guess this one is specifically supposed to take place in the future and it's an animation, like cartoon show. So it makes sense as to why they kind of have like more of this like fantastical vision of the future. But I always, oh, sorry. I always think that's interesting. Yeah. 
I would say one of my pet peeves with a lot of these future flying car shows is that people drive their flying cars. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if we ever got to the point where there are flying cars, people are not driving them themselves. They're going to be self-driving. They're all going to be self-driving. But I guess people thought more of we're going to have the flying cars over the technology to make it yeah. self-driving. You know, again, like, I guess that's kind of more engineering than communication. Because yeah. it kind of is communication to make a car drive itself. Because it has to talk to, to other cars. It has to talk to other cars. It has to be aware of objects in the road, which is why you have, like, these, like, Tesla self-driving cars right now, and they're all kind of crap because... But remember, with driving cars, each driving car collects data of Self-driving the, cars. Yeah, self-driving cars, driving cars. Uh, they collect data of the area that shares to all the other cars. Yeah, but so, there's so many things that happen on the road that... Well, I mean, obviously, maybe probably will one day get there, but currently, we're just... Not to the well, self-driving. Yeah, we don't have enough self-driving cars in the, <laughs> to turn to a self-driving car podcast. Yeah, I know, but right? <laughs> we don't have enough self-driving cars on the road in order to collect well, the data what, that we need. What's the best self-driving car, Jabari? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, okay, any final thoughts on this movie before we go into... I really like the animation style. Like, there was a part in the club where it was, like, turning red, blue, green, and stuff like that. I was like, this is such good coloring. Uh-huh. And I like the art style a lot. It's very, um, it's kind of like a simplistic art style where it's like the buildings are kind of just like lines and very mm-hmm. boxy, but I think it worked really well for what they were going for. Yeah. And I like Terry as a Batman. Like there was a point where he was just like, um, Bruce Wayne was like, just ignore him. He was like, wait a second. I talk trash too. Yeah. And he was like, oh, uh, Batman wouldn't know a good joke if he, if it bit him on a cape, uh-huh. but it's not like you ever told, told a good joke in your life. And I was like, sheesh. Yeah. Like, that's the Joker's whole thing. So I really liked um, Terry as Batman. He was kind of a little bit more um, feisty than Bruce Wayne. He was kind of just like serious all the time. Mm-hmm, and that's yeah. why the Joker's jokes always get to him. Because yeah. he just doesn't ever crack back on him. It's like, sir, you don't have to be so self-serious all the time. Yeah, which, exactly. again, we'll get to that <laughs> later in another one of the Batman movies. Yeah. Terry was like, oh, um, you got um, the, the Yeah, Terry was roasting him. Yeah, like the squirting flowers and the electric handshakes. He's like, what is this? He's like, and then Joker got real butthurt. I'm like, Joker, yeah. you got to be able to dish it if you can't. Like, yeah, exactly. He's like, shut up. It. You don't know anything about funny? I'm like, sheesh, he really good. he's in your head right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed the movie. It was good overall. Yeah, it was really good. Um, okay. So the next one is probably, would you say, again, this is maybe my own lens on it, but would you say the most iconic one, most well-known Iconic one? Batman film? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah, okay. So the next one is the Batman The Dark Knight, which is the second of the trilogy by Christopher Nolan. Um, and the synopsis is, with the help of allies, Lieutenant Jim Gordon, played by Gary Oldman, and District Attorney Harvey Dent, played by Aaron Eckhart, Batman, played by Christian Bale, has been able to keep a tight lid on crime in Gotham City. But when a vile young criminal calling himself the Joker, played by Heath Ledger, suddenly throws the town into chaos. The Cape Crusader begins to tread a fine line between heroism and vigilantism. I feel like he's always a vigilante. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, you can't pick and choose when you're a vigilante. You're yeah. Like, you're either a vigilante or you're not. I mean, he joined the police force and he's not a vigilante anymore. But yeah. Yeah, he can't pick and choose that. That's not up to him. Um, That opening scene is always so good. Yeah. Just like... Oh, well, the man uh, told me to get you. And then it's just like a chain of all of that happening. Um, Joker is just, I feel like people know this movie, you know, like Heath Ledger 
truly was like brilliant as a Joker. And I feel like ever since he passed away, people have been trying to kind of recreate the magic that he created with the Joker character. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Jared Leto had whatever he had. Um, and then you have um, Joaquin Phoenix actually winning another Oscar. So the second time somebody won an Oscar for playing the Joker. And I feel like his Joker, Joker. <laughs> he barely was a Joker. Yeah. yeah. I like his Joker was more in vain with, what Heath Ledger was, but I don't yeah. know. I think Heath Ledger was still better. Yeah, because Heath Ledger was actually a villain yeah. in the movie. This guy was kind of just like fumbling and bumbling his way to crime. Yeah, I think that's, again, this is not going to be like a villain origin story podcast, but I don't think we always need a sympathetic village in origin, origin story. Yeah, I feel yeah. like sometimes that's like the beauty of Heath Ledger's character in this movie. He just has no motivation. His motivation is just to cause chaos. That's why I don't think that... Joaquin Phoenix could play a Joker in the Batman movie because mm-hmm. I feel like his Joker is kind of just should be a one-off yeah. side character movie. I think they're making it, a sequel to that, but yeah, no, because the Joker doesn't really have an origin story. That's the thing about the Joker is that they've written sometimes, but the thing about the Joker is that he's just kind of like chaos. He's like him and if like Harvey Dent's Two Face, him and Batman, uh, Joker and Batman are like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Where the Joker went you know, crazy one way in the Batman. Again, as much as, I don't know if people are trying to argue against Batman's craziness or not, he got something going on. Like, he decided mm-hmm. that I'm going to be a grown man in a bat suit fighting crime at night. Like, there's something yeah, happening there. Just, like, donating his money yeah, to like, an orphanage. Come on, like, you're a billionaire, sir. There are other ways that you can help the, <laughs> help yeah. the city. Um, so, but again, the Dark Knight is truly, though, like, a really good movie. I think that it moves pretty quickly. Um, I think that the storylines are pretty tight in terms of like getting from the DA being, you know, like Harvey Dent, how he is to Rachel dying to then him becoming Two-Face to then him becoming like corrupted because he kind of kind of sees the city for what he thinks it is. And the fact that so many of the cops can easily be corrupted by what's going on. Um, the mob story wasn't too much like it was there, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't too much. Friend. Who was, they showed Falcon, Falcone in this one, right? They sh- no, they showed Maroney, Maroney, who they spoke about okay. in the other one, but he yeah. wasn't. Again, another thing in the next movie that I'm going to talk about. Maroney. No, no, the fact that they were like rat with wings, rat with wings, and they went through everyone but Falcone, which oh yeah, again, yeah. Falcon. Um, but yeah, this movie. Any, I guess. What are you like your favorite parts, or what makes this your favorite um, Batman? Some movie of my favorite currently. Scenes. I would say or the is the hospital scene. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna blow up a hospital every time. Uh, of course, the beginning scene is really good. Um, is there some like good Joker scenes? Um, even the 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 scene where it's like either blow up Rachel or Harvey. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that one because it was such a good twist for him to send him to the wrong one. And I don't know why he didn't think of that because it kind of seems like something. The Joker would do. Yeah, but I guess I mean, in a I moment. I was saying, in a moment of panic, you're not yeah. worried about. Plus, in hindsight, it's like you might think about that. But when I first watched the movie, I wasn't like, "Oh, he's gonna switch it up." Yeah, I was like, "Oh man, that's messed up." Yeah. But um, the scene where he burnt his half of the money, I really liked. I was like, "This is," mm-hmm. you know, Joker is a really psychopathic character, but he's real. They did a good job at making it be like, okay. You have a slight point where I don't completely hate your guts, mm-hmm. but you're still a psychopath where I want them to take you out. Yeah. Um, I also think that another part is, and I just saw this mentioned on like the movie's details, Reddit, yeah. but 
the Joker will always kind of take like a little prize from one of the mob villains. So at the last scene, you see that bite man's fighting the dogs again. And those are the dogs from the oh. guy who he fed to his dogs. Yeah. Um, so things like that are pretty interesting. I think they said the shotgun is like the same shotgun from the man at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So he's just kind of like taking tokens along the way, which is something like serial killers do. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that the Joker does the same thing. Um, the way he masterminded his plan, but then found out like sometimes people actually do have humanity mm-hmm. and that kind of like messed up his plan. Cause he was so sure, which it can grant it is kind of something you would just assume if you don't have faith in people that they wouldn't make the worst decision. You're like, yep. they're always going to make the worst decision in this case. It's to blow up the other ship. But then on the ship of prisoners, that one guy is just like, I'm just going to toss this out the window. Yeah. And then in the other ship, it's kind of like, these are people who was that Debo who did that. I don't know. He looked familiar. So maybe, yeah. Um, but it's just people who aren't criminals. So it seems like, an easy choice to say, yeah, I want to save myself, so let's blow them up. But in reality, you realize I'm killing, what, like 100 people, and just because they're prisoners doesn't make it okay to kill them? In real life, I don't think that scenario's working out. I'm going to be honest. You think that people are going to blow each other up? So <laughs> you're the Joker. That's the what you're saying. I would say I would do it. But I'm mm-hmm. saying that in real life, people would, I think, pretty quickly press that button. But I feel like it's, I, I think, I mean, I think maybe one person would do it, but I don't think that it's as easy as a choice as you think it is. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like, yeah. again, you truly are going to realize like there are people on the other end. So like mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I don't know if you could do it. That's yourself, you know, it's your thing. <laughs> um, but I feel like, yeah, someone probably would. Um, but it's, it's kind of like you have to detach yourself from the fact that they're yeah, actually, but you also try to do it and convince yourself like, Oh, I'm saving other people's lives to, yeah, it's kind of like the, um, have you ever heard the thing where it's like if you're driving a train and you have like two track things and on one track is like three people and on the other track is one person? Mm-hmm. This must be like one person you know or three people or something like that. On, yeah. They were like switching up the scenarios and yeah, stuff like, like that. Yeah, like would you pull the lever on, or I think you're going straight. So if you go straight, you'll hit three people, but you can pull the lever mm-hmm. and then you'll kind of kill the other person. So yeah. it's kind of like, will you pull the lever or will you just kind of let the nature run its course? Straight, that means you have control now over that one person's death. Yeah, versus like you're <clears> kind of, you don't really have control of the other three because they were, I guess, already somehow in the. Yeah, that's when you just pull your phone room. out and act like you ain't seen nothing. Like that. Yeah, that's, um. I don't know if you've ever seen, again, kind of going off topic, but The Good Place, they like had a season where they had like that exact situation. Mm-hmm. And because they're like, in this other world outside of like the earth, they literally made them like run over people <laughs> over yeah. and over and over again until they could like make whatever they considered the right choice or yeah. whatever. Um, but it's kind of like, there is no right choice, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess what, before we go into the next one, what are your opinions? We kind of talked about already, but as on Christian bill as the Batman. Yeah. He wasn't my favorite Batman. Cause I felt like he was the prototype for a little bit too gruff Batman. Mm-hmm. In the sense that he, I don't know if it's just the voice, but I feel like his Batman was a little bit too, too much at times. Like the whole, oh, I gotta save people kind of thing. And it was just kind of annoying with that. Yeah. But I mean, he wasn't bad. Like it was definitely not bad, but I just don't think he was the best. Yeah. Batman. I think, I mean, again, for me, it was largely the voice. I couldn't do it. I was mm-hmm. just like, I, I guess maybe it's part of it's that I know he's trying to disguise his voice, but it just felt like I, I'm like you have a sore throat. It sounds like you have like such a sore throat, yeah. or you're losing your voice or something. 
Um, but again, I don't think he was like by any means a bad Batman. I think that mm. almost everyone else in the movie was was better than him. Not like acting wise, but just like the story around him as a Batman. He was kind of like the least interesting. Was Ben Affleck the one who had like the voice modifier on his suit? I okay, we can go into a detour after we're done with this, but I have not watched any of the Batflick movies. Oh, you didn't watch the Batman vs Superman? I uh, I refuse. Okay. okay. Uh, any final thoughts? Because I kind of want to take a quick detour into that realm before we go into uh, the next. Yeah, it was. I still think it's my favorite Batman movie. I gotta watch the Batman again to really decide. But yeah, he felt just still, you know, the primary reason that that movie is as amazing as it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also think like again. I agree that Heath Ledger's are another a reason why it's so good. I think another thing is that the world feels lived in. Yeah. Um, like you feel like you're in an actual city with actual people, and I feel like that makes a difference. Like Gotham needs to have stakes in a way. I think um, Witchfellow was better at that though, personally. The Batman. Yeah, we'll go into that a bit too. Um, I will say like again if. This Batman was like 2010s, 2000, mid 2000s, New York. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Batman felt like 80 or what I imagine 80s New York yeah. to be, where it's just like crime riddled and just terrible. Yeah, it was just it was just like real bad there. Yeah. Um. So this Batman, this movie felt kind of like, like they mentioned, like Batman had kind of already cleaned up some of the crime. It was mm-hmm. kind of like a functioning city. It was fine until the Joker came around and was like, I'm gonna be as chaotic as possible and just mm-hmm. kind of ruin everything reintroduce it for a little while yeah reintroduce crime to this world because it's been a little boring here you know a little stale i would have moved out of gotham after the first movie honestly speaking where everyone started having nightmares and stuff like that because of scarecrow i remember the first i honestly yeah i think i've seen batman begins so basically like scarecrow puts some kind of nightmare gas into the sewer system that everyone started having like these weird nightmares i'm like i would have moved but then again the point of gotham is that Everyone's so poor, you can't just because like up pack and up and leave. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like when you see. I don't know if you ever seen the. I probably sent you a couple of the TikToks where it's like living in Gotham in the DCEU or living in, yeah. uh, or DC like not DCEU but just like DC world or living in like New York in the MCU. It's kind of like you gotta have all these insurances because you got some extra crime that's not going Gotham on in DCEU. Because uh, yeah, at least you just be having everybody attack them. I was about to say at least in like the. At least these movies, because I again we can talk about the uh, the DCEU in a second, but at least in these movies, it's kind of like all the crimes still feels like they're normal human beings. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, okay, I might have a Joker here, but I don't think an alien's gonna come and throw like a train into my yeah. apartment or something, or the Hulk is gonna smash my car because he is trying to fight off uh, Loki or something. Like, at least it's gonna be. Normal crime, you know? Yeah, we used to, like, when those aliens came in the first Avengers movie, out yeah. that portal, I think um, what happened in Invincible is more how it would go. Uh-huh. When they just start, like, brutally murdering people. It's like, I wouldn't want that. I was, I'm like, I'm gonna have to just leave. Like, oh, okay, the Avengers, uh, I think after that first incident, I would be out. Because yeah. it keeps happening. I'm like, if you haven't left New York by the time of, like, Spider-Man No Way Home, then you're doing something wrong. Because y'all keep having multiple incidences, and... I forget which, I think there was a comic where they talked about that, where they're like, there's only crime when you're around. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's crime, but there's only super villains when crime, you're around. Yeah, like, I'm you like, can you go into like Kansas yeah. or somewhere like less populated, find like open field and work? Nah, I gotta be New York. Yeah, Spider-Man okay, cool. doesn't work at open fields though. I know. He's like, well, but Sp- I mean, even city. Spider-Man, his villains normally yeah. are like lower level villains. He's not normally fighting aliens and stuff, you know? Um, 
But yeah, I'm like, the rent better be dirt cheap there. Like, yeah. We get like $1,000 a month for like a two bedroom. <laughs> that's not dirt cheap. $1,000 for a two bedroom? I guess not. Yeah. Is this New York dirt cheap? Okay. <laughs> it reminds me of that, um, what's that TV show called? Where it's like, what is it? One banana, like $5 or something like that? I don't know, but. You know what I'm talking about? That TV show where that woman was like, oh, what is it? Cost for one banana ten dollars. <laughs> so you're saying I'm like a yeah. not like a privileged person. <laughs> the dirt cheap was a little bit off. <laughs> I mean, okay, in New York right now, a thousand dollar two bedroom would be pretty cheap. It's cheap. It's but if cheap. You got aliens attacking you. I'm looking at five hundred dollars for a two bedroom. Okay, all right, yeah, that's true. We gotta get extra alien insurance though, because you know they would try and like rip you off. Like the landers like you don't have any aliens here. You're good. Yeah, exactly. Um, but all right, let's go back into our brief detour into the DCEU where you have Batman as Ben Affleck. And I will say I've never seen a Batflick movie. Um, I've seen some of the DCEU movies, but this is just me saying that I think that not everything needs to be an extended universe. And sometimes things work as one-off stories better. And I think you can see that through the Batman movies. And I think that the MCU kind of struck like lightning in a bottle and it's kind of going on a lot now but like you know there's a lot of mcu movies or whatever but i feel like since then everything felt like it needs to have a, a eu or a universe attached to it when it doesn't necessarily need to because that doesn't always add to the quality of the movie and i think that's part of the reason why the batman works better because i think it's technically a part of it but it's clearly very much like matt reeves's you know, baby or whatever. I think we're starting to get out of the EU phase soon. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we're going to be towards the end of it. I hope because... so. What happened? Plug it in. Oh. Well, plug it in your charger. Oh, yeah. yeah I think we're going to be out of the EU phase because I think that um people are starting to realize that there's there's um value in one-offs. Mm-hmm. Because EU is literally all about marketing. Like, the only point of having an EU is not because the artist... The artist... The artists are so hell bent on pushing this EU idea, and our stories have to be connected. And every, it's all about the marketing. They want to make as much money off these properties as they possibly can. So they're like, oh, if we put it into a universe, we could sell these toys, mm-hmm. these posters, these video games, these IP rights for generations. So that's the main thing about EUs that I think I'm not the biggest fan of them, and I prefer the one-offs. Mm-hmm. Like I think that um, Dark Knight wouldn't have worked as well if you try to tie in Superman to it. Yeah, or um, you have to always try to keep a certain level of um a tone to it if you have an EU. So all the Marvel films sort of have to feel the same because they're in the same universe. You can't get like um I would say the one that probably feels the most different is the Daredevil mm-hmm. and stuff like that because it was on Netflix, so they could go a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. But now that they're going to be brought into the 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 cinematic universe, they have to kind of get the tone right. So um i do appreciate that a lot of these batman films aren't in the eu and i don't think they had any batmans they had a batman in the eu but they didn't have a batman film in the eu yet so i hope they don't bring the robert pattison i hope it stays kind of its own thing yeah i agree i think um again with like the extended universes it always has to have like a to be continued which this movie does a little bit but it always kind of feels like nothing can truly be wrapped up because there's like there's the next movie coming so let's plan for that and then again it it doesn't necessarily fit the direct it's not so much about the director's vision as it is about making sure it fits into the 
machine as a whole. So you have something like um, Taika Waititi's like Thor, right? Mm-hmm. I think that kind of felt. I think that was funny, but I still think it had to fit like the MCU-ness of it. And they allowed him some allowances like of letting them kind of improv and stuff, but it still had to fit like that 3X structure. Yeah. And then with the DCEU, it feels like everything kind of has to be like dark and moody and broody. And it's kind of like let films, I mean, again, Batman, the new Batman movie is definitely dark and moody and broody, but it feels different. I can't see Superman existing in this universe. Yeah, it feels different than than it does like the DCEU does where it was just like that sapia tone for, or that blue wash for so long. And everything kind of just feels the same. And I feel like that's the biggest problem with the EU, which is like everything feels the same. And I guess that's, I think that's another reason why people probably liked the Batman return so much because it is different. It is campy, but Mm -hmm. maybe that's what people miss about movies where it's just like, it can be campy in a way that's like not MCU zingy or zany, but it also doesn't have to be dark the way that the uh, DCEU is. It doesn't have to like fit into this kind of strict mold Mm -hmm. where it feels like the filmmakers don't have as much freedom to play around and kind of create what they really want to create because they have to fit into a specific idea overall of this larger property or this larger idea. Yeah, I agree. I think that if they did the Robert Pattinson, like a three film deal or something kind of like they did with the dark Knight. Or the Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and um, whatever the last one's called. That would be better off than them trying to tie him into the DCEU. Because I know DC is still doing the EU. Like, they have the Flash movie coming out and stuff like that. But it just it feels like that just thing is just kind of dead. And they should just move on and pursue the things that's been working. As opposed to trying to keep this EU alive. Because it has not been working for the metal. From I, I think I read, again, spoiler alert, skip forward like a couple minutes if you're going to watch the... DCEU and this Flash in particular. But I think they said like with Flashpoint, they're going to try and reset the universe. So that doesn't sound like they're trying to stop it. It sounds like they're trying to continue it, but maybe with different characters using the fact that Flash can like travel to different multiverses. Mm -hmm. And again, it just feels like everything is trying to like converge into like the multiverse idea Mm -hmm. at the same time. Because again, obviously Marvel has like the multiverse of madness coming out. Which is why I'm so interested in seeing that movie that's coming out in like two weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Because I'm just like, let's see how a non-IP property deals, deals with like a multiversal idea. And her story is just, she just automatically transfers without control of it, right? Yeah. 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 Um, okay, but let's go back into the out of the sidebar film. and yeah. go into our final film. Which is The Batman. And the synopsis is Batman ventures into Gotham City's underworld. When a sadistic killer leaves behind a trail of cryptic clues. As the evidence begins to lead closer to home, the scale of the perpetrator's plans become clear. He must forge new relationships, amass the culprit, and bring justice to the abuse of power and corruption that has long plagued the metropolis. Okay, what were your thoughts on this film, first uh, viewing? Um, I thought it was really good. I would say that it, to me, has the best tone, the best Batman and the best overall plot. The main issue I have with it is I felt like it was just a little bit dragged out. Yeah. Um, we spoke about it a little bit over text. And I was trying to, I was saying to you that I think that um some of the storylines could have been cut, in my personal opinion, to make it a little bit of a tighter film. Mm-hmm. But overall, I still think it's a great film. Like, I really enjoyed it. Like, 
8.5 out of 10 kind of good. I think that a few things could have made it into like the best Batman film and mm-hmm. automatically one of the best superhero films out there. Like I'll put this in the top 10-ish range of best superhero films easily. Maybe yeah. even top five. I got to think about my favorite superhero films. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie overall. Yeah, I agree. I think, again, I watched it twice just for the purpose of talking about it on this podcast. I saw like the right before it came out or like Wednesday of the day that it came out. Uh, I think it came out Friday. I saw it on Wednesday. So I was like, let me see it one more time, a little closer to recording. So I saw it again yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I did realize like I was, the first time around I was kind of like all in. This time around I was like, this is a little bit long. But I do think that the mystery still works, mm-hmm. even knowing what the mystery is. I feel like that's like a lot of times when you know what the mystery is, that kind of messes it up. I think they had a little bit of shoddy detective work in this, which Very we'll get into so. a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, he literally said, Arata a lot. Oh, again, spoilers for this discussion of the Batman. Um, if you haven't seen it, go watch it, come back, and then listen to this part. But he literally said, Arata a lot or whatever. And he goes, a stool pigeon, and then just was stuck on a stool pigeon. I'm like, mm-hmm. your name is Batman. Again, the, the guy, Penguin was kind of right, a rat with wings. You, you throw the penguin, good on you. Mm-hmm. Falcone, Falcon, rat. Like, you're thinking of all the birds except for the one that makes, yeah. like, sense. Um, I think that it showed how, like, brutal he was at the beginning, especially when he was beating up, like, that initial mm-hmm. gang because he wasn't, like, pulling punches. Again, like, I would have been, like, it's really not worth it to punch this guy in the face for Instagram to because concussions, you know, mm-hmm. electrocuted, like all these things that happened to these guys. Some of them wasn't running the way they the way they ran away. Like y'all are broken. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was just like a really ruthless Bruce Wayne or a really ruthless Batman in this movie. Um, I think because it is so grounded, it was funny to see him in some scenes. Like if I was one of the police officers at that initial crime scene mm-hmm. and I saw. Batman there in a bat costume. I've been like, yo, why is he here? Like, is this a joke? Mm-hmm. Um, the second time around, watching that police precinct scene, I was like dying of laughter. I wasn't like actually laughing, but internally I was dying of laughter. Because I'm like, are there no cops like patrolling the city right now? Mm-hmm. Like every cop in that precinct seemed to be in the precinct to chase yeah. after him. That's, y'all the, are, that's the Benny Hill scene. Yeah. Y'all are like firing guns in the precinct with yeah. no regard for anyone else. Like... Mm-hmm. What if you shot another cop because he was trying to get get this man or whatever? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I overall though, I thought it was really good. I think I, I agree with your like thing about there could have been more Alfred. Mm-hmm. Um. I Ooh. think that they could have incorporated. I think Catwoman was good. I thought Zoe Kravitz was really good as Selena Kyle. Mm-hmm. But I do think they could have incorporated her story a little bit more into the overall yeah. plot of the movie. I feel like she had like a little bit of a side plot. Yeah. Um, that was my main issue with the movie. I think that her plot took away time from what could have been more Batman and more particularly Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I kind of wanted to see more Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne. I think that was kind of a choice in this movie though. I think it was a yeah. choice that for him to be the Batman and not so much so Bruce Wayne because mm-hmm. I don't think he's kind of figured out how to be Bruce Wayne yet. Like it seems like he kind of just takes yeah, but everything I- and then puts it into the Batman. So he doesn't even like go to you know meetings with his accountants that's why like the bella real the new mayor she's like you can do so much for the city you have so much money and he's so focused on thinking what he's doing for the city yeah is being batman you know yeah i felt like it was like producer comes to director hey we want you to do a batman movie but you have to find a way to incorporate catwoman into it as well 
Mm. As opposed to them being like, oh, just make a Batman movie. And he's like, you know what? I think Captain Woman will really improve this plot. It felt like they kind of gave them like the, oh, we just want you to have a Batman Catwoman movie. And he had to find a way to incorporate it. Because mm-hmm. like you were saying, I feel like she could have been incorporated into the overall plot better. Yeah, I mean, I guess she was just like his partner in crime yeah. in a way. Um, but oh. her plot, I guess, yeah, they had to like find a way to get her into it by having yeah. her friend be... Um, disappeared or whatever but overall i still think it was a really good film um long definitely long could have been shorter yeah but i did like the batman i like the fact that they held back on the action yeah not in the sense that he wasn't he was like brutal but i mean held back in the sense they didn't have too many action scenes they had Mm -hmm. a lot of detective scenes and i like that a lot about it i also think that it was one visually dark but that's like all of them yeah it was dark Um, but well shot which is dark but well shot yeah and then Two also though not only was it visually dark it was also dark like they pushed that pg-13 which i yeah. appreciate it because when i first saw that it was gonna be pg-13 i was like oh god this is gonna be you know oh they're definitely coming out with the radar watered part. it back and or, or watered down but they did it in a way where it was kind of like if you see the riddler committing a crime they just blurred a bit so you can't yeah. really see it or they did it in a way where it still felt like these are real stakes. It still feels gritty. doesn't feel like yeah. I'm making it PG-13 for the sake of kids being able to come to see it, which mm-hmm. is why they did it, to have a wider audience. But it didn't It didn't feel like it detracted from the movie, which sometimes I feel like a PG-13 mm-hmm. over rated R I think does. this movie was rated R, and then they pushed it to be PG-13. Yeah, I think that's what I'm saying, yeah. This is, looks like you don't shoot like certain scenes to be blurry. Yeah. You blur it out after the fact that you realize, oh, this is not going to fly with the ratings board. Yeah. So I think this movie is definitely going to get a rated R cut. I hope At so. some point. Because I definitely would want to see that. Yeah. Like, if they came out with a four-hour cut where they, like, push the boundaries more, they show more backstory. I would watch it. I'd be happy to watch that. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, the three-hour version was long. If they expand on the things they didn't expect. Because it felt like Alfred was just kind of there to solve riddles behind the scenes. Coming to Bruce Wayne and be like, I did this while you was busy doing whatever you were doing. As opposed to him actually having a story of his own or anything like that. So, I don't yeah. watch a four-hour cut of this. You know what's interesting, though? I'm, I don't know if you've seen the new Bel Air show. No, I'm not. Gonna... It's actually pretty It's pretty good. But in that version, Je- Je- uh, Jeffrey is, like, not a butler, but, like, a head of security. And it felt like in this movie, Alfred was probably not their butler, but, like, their head of security. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder if people have, like, butlers less now. So, they're kind of finding a way to incorporate... The person who, in a reimagination, would have been a butler into something that yeah. might exist more now, which is like something like a head of security, especially for someone like a billionaire, yeah. who would definitely need you know like the head of the house as opposed to his his particular yeah. butler. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it would have been interesting to see more Alfred. I did like the fact that they showed him putting on the eye makeup. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, um, in the Michael Keaton one, there was a scene where he had the makeup on he turned around and he had to rip the cowl off to see Catwoman, and when he turns back around the eye makeup is gone mm-hmm. so like pretending he doesn't put it on and this one is like nah he has to he has go to just, just he has to yeah on. the fact that he messes up like when he bumps into the bridge mm-hmm. it's like he's not a perfect batman um yeah i think that part this is year two yes yeah, year two he's still figuring it out the most technology he really had would were those contacts, which were super cool. Yeah. Um, but he had those contacts, and he didn't really have a whole lot else. I'm t- trying to figure out though how he fit that Batman His car costume. Was self-driving though, right? No, he was driving it, wasn't he? I didn't have a self-driving feature. Was up again. 
I thought he was driving it the whole time. No, I know he was driving it at points. So I'm trying to figure out if there was any scenes where he like called it into come. I can't remember. No, I don't think so. That might have been the Dark Knight. I was. Yeah, I think for. that was the Dark Knight. Okay. Um, I like the fact. I think it was funny though the fact that he carried his suit in his backpack. Yeah. And um, I'm like, I don't think this would fit. Like, it just seemed a little bulky a for backpack, that yeah. little backpack that you had. Or maybe he has like one of those things where you take the. But it's funny because it's like you always have now scenes where you're waiting a little bit because you know he's somewhere yeah getting dressed to become the batman yeah, it's not. To go to. yeah it's like um i swear bruce wayne just went in there but the batman came out i don't know <laughs> i'm gonna ignore that um what do you think of the riddler's motivation and plan um i thought it was actually good like i think him his plan worked... was good okay no not the flooding of the city part spoilers <laughs> go on your thing find a bunch of four chance he so. was in batman as a catalyst to take down corrupt politicians i did not find the issue with that personally uh-huh like i think that um you know weed out the corruption yeah he stopped he, he was weeding out the corruption and yeah it was a brutal way to do it but the flooding of the city pointed out like i don't get what he's doing with this but i guess it was like wash away the corruption or whatever he was going too far with that but, you know, I'm not going to feel bad for, like, all the corrupt people being Batman having to take them out in order to help the city grow. Like, I wasn't really too mad at that part. Yeah, I think it was one part that was interesting to me because, again, you're right. They essentially, there was, okay, essentially they made um, him, like, an incel-ish kind of guy who mm-hmm. liked riddles. One funny part to me is there's a scene where they go, you have to see this. He has 500 followers. I'm mm-hmm. like, 500 followers is not a lot. Yeah, but but if gets, followers ready to but say if he, but if he can you, get like yeah. 20 of his 500 followers to like want to go and shoot a bunch of people, then yeah, that's a lot. But the way they said it was just like he had like the most number of followers yeah. in the world. Um, I did like the whole but, um, shut up or stop whining, Bruce Wayne. You was in a mansion while we was out here in the streets. Like, yeah, I always did kind of feel that about Batman. Like, yeah, sad that he did lose his parents. But I mean, he also a, got killed in front of him. I know, but he also still had the extra privilege on top of that. Yeah, he probably should have went to therapy. Have. It's like people lose their parents and then got to eat grub at the end of the day. Like Bruce, That's Bat- true. Bat- Bruce Wayne had Alfred. He had a team of maids and stuff like that. And the Riddler was like, you got all the attention for being in the orphanage and you was never in the orphanage. Yeah. Like you was just in the... um For being an orphan, yeah. yeah. He was in the tower. It was so funny when he was there. He was like, Bruce Wayne and he was yeah. like he was so shook uh the Batman he was like yeah. oh wait no he doesn't know who I am okay great mm-hmm. um but yeah I I can see like again this is why I think like Batman truly just needs therapy mm-hmm. like I don't think that's gonna fix all of his problems but if he would if he decided to be a villain he would be right in Arkham Asylum along with all the other people who are in Arkham Asylum because they're again like the same him and Joker are, like two sides of the same coin yeah um I think that it was there was like a line where um, Catwoman says something like, I don't care about all these like rich white men or blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. Her take on being, you know, like downtrodden or whatever, not caring about them because they're all corrupt mm-hmm. was let me rob them and leave. Mm-hmm. The Riddler's take, which is like the more insulty take is mm-hmm. like, let me shoot a bunch of people in Gotham Square Garden because I'm mad at the world, mm-hmm. which is kind of like, okay, get the politicians, but I don't understand what the yeah, rest of the, rest of the, the citizens of Gotham are doing wrong and why you have to have like a mass shooting. And that kind of is like the, let's take the pain out on other people kind of thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Up until he did that, I'm kind of like, this guy's not really too bad of a, a character. 
but then he takes it a little bit too far. It's like yeah. when um, like poison ivy. It's like she just wants to help the planet, yeah. but then when you start to like try to poison everybody and turn them into plants, then it's like okay, you're pushing a little bit yeah. too far. Yeah. So it's like that that fine line between hero and villain almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe he, the way he went about it, but I guess he also knows like. If they're just exposed, and they can easily buy their way yeah, exactly. out of the situation. That's pretty much what the issue was, is that um, they kind of did that in The Dark Knight, too, where it's like, you could get them into court, but because they're so corrupt, they're yeah. just going to get out anyway. So yeah. you can't just let the justice system that's corrupt take care, take of, care them. of them. Take care of them. Uh-huh. Um, I think also, I just saw, again, a TikTok on this, which was interesting, and it was talking about how you cast a, like a mixed character or a black character. You're like, mm, they might be mixed. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, surprise, secret father. And then the father is like always white or something. It's like, yeah. okay, they were mixed that whole time. And that's their father. And it's yeah. exactly what they did with um, with Catwoman. It's like, oh, surprise, Falcone's her dad. Yeah. So I don't think that's it really in the comic story. I mean, I know it's in The Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is kind of like partially based off of that and partially based off of year one maybe i'm wrong about the mm-hmm. long halloween but in long halloween he's her dad okay i don't know if that's comic book accurate though yeah i gotta look into that i'm not really too big on a comic so yeah um but overall i think yeah it was like really a really good movie um i think it's definitely like up there for the best batman i think i would have to like give it a year or yeah, two see how it age ages yeah because i did see it in quick succession from one another so i was kind of like oh yeah this is still great again it felt a little bit long but it was still really good um i think it seems like it's gonna age well it felt like a lived-in city it felt like um it was shot great it didn't feel like you know cookie cutter or anything mm-hmm. like that i will say the and this is what i want to mention with star wars his music is like so close to like the darth vader song mm-hmm. i feel like i kept waiting for like that little beat to drop mm-hmm. that makes it like darth vader song the music it was really good but I, i'll yeah. play it after this because i don't want to play it on the podcast um copyright yeah but i'll play it for you after this let me like google it but it was so close to it and i was kind of like okay where is this coming from i know this mm-hmm. sound um but i think it worked really well like just the music in general yeah um yeah i mean overall superb film i agree any final thoughts? Um, yeah, it's a great film. Like you said, I want to see it after again after a year to kind of get an idea of how I feel about it, the longevity. Mm-hmm. But right now, I will easily put it as my second favorite Batman film. Yeah. And then what would you like to see for the next Batman film? Um, I think I would like to see another... I would like to see like the ultimate evil kind of portrayed in the film. Because I think that this Robert Patterson film, in a sense that, I know it's not going to not happen, but where he's not really just fighting a supervillain, but it's more so the corruption and stuff that's the main enemy and not a particular person. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like Batman takes on the drug war or something like that. I don't know. Like something like where he's not fighting like Killer Croc, but mm-hmm. he's fighting something that's a little bit more down to earth and realistic of an issue that we don't usually see. So I think that I would like to see Robert Patterson take up the mantle again and them keep going in a direction that's similar to that. Yeah. I, I think that for, I think that you need a villain. I kind of think like you can't have just like a general 
corruption story. I do hope the villain's not the Joker. I know they teased that at the end of oh, yeah, I don't hope not. the movie, but I hope it's not the Joker. I hope it's someone different. I hope it's someone we maybe we've never seen yeah. before in a movie. Um, I kind of hope in the next one they do delve a little bit more into Bruce Wayne's psyche and see how maybe he's been changed by realizing that he doesn't need to be vengeance, but he needs to be like a hero as well. Yeah. It was funny. Someone was like, they never really called him Batman except for the notes in the thing. They always called him vengeance. And then he sees like that guy say, I am vengeance. And he's like, oh wait, I've been going about this The the wrong way. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he kind of internalizes that message of not being vengeance yeah. in the next one. I do hope they keep Robert Pattinson for at least two more movies. They do like a little trilogy with him. Mm-hmm. And then maybe from there we take like a Batman break for a while. Probably not because he's Probably again, yeah. Batman's like another character that's pretty easy to make movies about. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's so many Batman movies be it animated or live action, but there are a lot of them. Um, I wonder if, <clears throat> yeah, because I think, like, I think he had a lot, a lot of uh, Spider-Man movies because he was, like, switching. Yeah, he was switching roles a lot. Yeah, but this one, I wonder if it's always been the same studio that owned Batman and just wanted to make money off of yeah, it. Yeah, so but... Batman hasn't switched studios in a okay. long time, so I think it's WB that does the Batman So they just movies. make a ton of Batman movies yeah. and... Yeah, so I hope maybe for like after his trilogy, they don't really dip into Batman in the live action, and maybe you expand again on like the world around him. I know they're like doing a Gotham City show, I think, centered around the Penguin, mm-hmm. which could be interesting because that can kind of give you probably what you're talking about, which can be more of like that gritty underworld mm-hmm. of Gotham that you saw a bit of in the movie, but you get to see more of in um, the show. Yeah, I know. Sometimes they, the main character. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm good on that. But maybe it's kind of like the, the I'm sure they'll build a cast of characters. Yeah. Around him, it won't just be like only. It's gonna be the, the penguin. Why, why penguin is gonna be more like the. No, it's gonna be um Colin Farrell. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. He was a good penguin. He was. He was pretty good. I didn't recognize him. He was like so yeah. unrecognizable, um, in the role, but he was really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I think that again, I think they tell Batman stories a lot because it's a pretty simple backstory to have and then you can kind of do a lot with him himself in like the world around him i guess it always has to kind of be set in gotham but you can tell different stories within within gotham he's a very unique superhero compared to a lot of his um i don't know if you call them co-workers or what compatriots compatriots yeah in the sense that he doesn't have the powers in his story just kind of like gotham is a real gutter yeah he's a rich man with money yeah basically like, yeah. And I, okay, it's the last thing before I go into, uh, we wrap up like for real, is I think it's interesting that, um, again, with like the DCEU stuff, they've always had access to like their A-list roster. Cause I feel like yeah. the Batman's A-list roster, Superman, Wonder Woman, all of the Justice League, essentially, like the initial Justice League are probably like A-listers, you know? Mm-hmm. And then with the MCU, they didn't have access to their a-list roster mm-hmm. when they started it so they had to build it off the back of a b-lister in a way which mm-hmm. is like iron man was a b-lister like now he's not but when that movie came out he was yeah and i wonder if that's why it's so hard for them to succeed with it because people just have so many preconceived ideas of who these characters are 
mm-hmm. it's hard to break away from it the way you could kind of build your own character yeah. with it with the MCU. Instead of like starting off automatically with their main popular like the X-Men and stuff, they had to kind of force it. Yeah. With Iron Man and I mean they had the Hulk who was popular. Yeah. But um Captain America wasn't as popular as he is now, stuff like that. So. Yeah, and then if you think about it, the Hulk never I mean he had like one individual movie, but I feel like the people really count. It counts as an MCU, but it's yeah. yeah. So I feel like people don't really count it until like Mark Ruffalo yeah. came about, which is interesting, and that's that's what makes me interested in seeing how the MCU is going to bring in the X Men because it's kind of yeah. like now you have your A listers. How are you going to utilize them? Because the DCEU hasn't really been great at utilizing it's it's A listers, and that's maybe why the one off movies like the Batman and the Dark Knight and stuff like that. I mean, the Dark Knight's not one off; it's a trilogy. I but you know, Man of Steel, though. I don't care. No one um, I don't remember that movie, but um, maybe that's why those don't work in yeah. the same way. The Dark Knight, yeah, or I sorry, agree. the Batman movies that do when they're standalone as opposed to like a part of this larger universe. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So that was this week's episode of that Brooklyn Film Show. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you can. Thank you and goodbye.